morning, everyone. It's been a good Sunday. Thank you, Mark and Linda, for sharing a little bit of your story. I love everyone has different stories. You know, we all go through different seasons in life. We all have different stories. Um, and that's a beautiful one that the church has always been here for you. So that was amazing. Jamie, thank you for leading us in worship. And Sean, he's just so good at leading us in communion too. Just all these different aspects of worship is so encouraging. Um, so my name is Dawn and I'm one of the pastors here and Luke is actually here. I think he's in the cry room right now. <laughs> Someone asked, I think Mike Polite though asked like, where's the cry baby at? I'm like, he's in the cry room. <laughs> uh, so for, I mean, we're going on three Sundays now. I think of, he has sciatica, um, herniated disc. So we're just taking baby steps. I think a lot of people have gone through something like this and there's different stories of how the healing process worked. Um, it's a it's a miracle that he's here. So I, I really loved that Terry had us pray for him the last couple of weeks. Uh, maybe we can do that after my ser sermon too. But um, yeah, God is faithful and we all are going through something. Okay, no one is here and you're not alone. Uh, so the last two weeks, Terry Rapley, she was um, she spoke on um, uh, the title of it's more than just a hobby. That's what we talked about all of September. And she talked about um, how our relationship with Jesus is much more than a hobby. Okay, <laughs> it's more than just Sunday morning. It is every day. She reminds us that he loves us and he understands us and nothing could separate us from his love. I find joy in knowing that and that brings me hope that, you know, we're not alone um, and that he is always there for us. So today um, we're going to start a new sermon series on the verbs of Christianity, actions, okay, actions of Christianity and what that looks like. And when I was thinking about actions of Christianity. The first one that I'm, I try to be um, optimistic to a, na a naive way almost. <laughs> um, I try to find the good in every aspect. Um, and, but it's also, you know, like, okay, you have to be real with yourself, Don. I'm like, no, 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 everyone's good. <laughs> Jesus is love. And, um, but today I want to talk about um, joy. And it's one of the fruits of the Spirit, and we can find it in Galatians 5, through 23, which in a moment I'll read for us. So if you think about it, joy, okay? Like, let's think about what, what does joy, what, what's, what do tangible things in our lives that fill us with joy? If you can just think for a moment, like, what is something that brings joy to you? Uh, yesterday I was at Soren, our youngest um, son, he... He does junior Spartans football, and sometimes it was really hot. We were at Shasta um, High School, and the visitors are always in the deadbeat sun, <laughs> so I try to get in the shade. And a lot of times, I'll sit with the other team, uh, the other team parents too, and just start carrying on conversations with them. I feel like, you know, Red Bluff. We all know each other. It's a small town. I like getting to know new people from different cities and hearing their stories a little bit. So I was sitting by this um, couple, 
And their little boy, he was very, very hyper, but sweet, very sweet. But he was so hyper. <laughs> and I could tell that even though he was hyper, they were trying to keep him occupied. I mean, he was on their shoulders, climbing all over him, like punching him and all this stuff. They still found joy in their son. Like in back in the day, I would have been like, oh my gosh, get this kid away from me. But I thought that it was so beautiful that they still had joy. They were laughing with him. They were joking around with him. And I'm like, gosh, these parents still enjoy their son, even though he's so hyper, you know, it's really sweet. And they're in the sun watching their niece play football or not football, uh, cheer. So it was really cool just to watch um, that even though, you know, you go through different seasons of your life with your kids or grandkids, you can still find that joy. Um, so when psychologists, use, when psychologists use the word joy, what that, what that means is an intense momentary experience of a positive emotion that makes us smile, laugh, maybe even feel like we want to jump up and down. When I was younger, I could probably jump up and down. If I did that now, my ankles would give out on me, <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. Um, but, you know, when you're younger, you get excited, you're joyful, you jump up and down, you get excited. It's a technical thing. It's the difference, and it is different than happiness, which is measured by how, how good we feel over a certain amount of time. As a culture, we are always looking for the pursuit of happiness, and yet in the process, we can overlook the joy. Joy is a choice. It is possible the biggest factor of whether we are going to choose joy or not is in our relationships. You could have a lot of things going on in your life that are going really, really well, but if your relationships that you're in are terrible, it's really hard to find that joy, right? <laughs> to find that joy, even if relationships are, I mean, relationships are consuming. Um, so we're going to take a look at how to choose joy, but also how to have relationships that are life-giving. Relationships that help produce joy in our individual lives. A primary relationship that we find joy is with our God. God says that when we are in relationships with him, there's a fruitfulness that comes out of our lives. Just like a tree that grows, there's physical fruit. So I was mentioning the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, through 23. But the Holy Spirit produces the kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness in self-control. There is no law against these things. Joy is what we are going to talk about today. Joy is something that the Holy Spirit does in our lives. There is a myth that if you had the right friends, if you married the right person, or landed the right job, everything would be good. You'd be okay. It's kind of like what the world is telling us. The truth is that we are, if we are focusing on relationships in all relationships, in all partnerships, in all marriages and, or friendships, we all have our ups and downs. Even the best relationships, if you think of someone like having the best relationship, they have their ups and downs. You know, they're human. We go through seasons when our relationships may veer off into a gutter or a bad place. If we're going to have um, joy operating in our lives, 
It needs to be something more than just the natural ups and downs of life. You may be thinking, what is the difference between joy and happiness? A lot of people say, I just want to be happy. I say that about my kids all the time, like as they're getting older, we've got two adults now. It's kind of, I like this transition <laughs> uh, from little ones. I mean, Soren's nine, so we've got a long ways to go still. But um, I just want my kids to be happy. I say that all the time. Uh, I just want you guys to be happy, do things in life that makes you happy. But happiness comes from the, the word happenstance or, or circumstance. In other words, if circumstances are right, then you can be happy. And that's the root for happiness. If you're, if you're lucky, fortunate, or while wow, the circumstances around you are really good, then you can be happy. The problem is that with that is those change and you can lose your happiness. Joy is based on choice. Happiness is based on chance. And we all get to choose. You're going to choose joy or happiness. So here are three common relational killjoys, okay? Selfishness, resentment, and fear. Selfishness is where you say, like, oh, I want what I want, or you want what you want, or we don't agree, we don't get along. As I'm going through these, I'm like, Luke and my sayings in life is like, we just don't agree on anything. <laughs> so I'm just like, this is speaking to me for sure. Um, in James 4, 1 through 2, what is causing the quarrels of fighting among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You, get je you are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you don't want because you don't ask God for it. This is where power struggles and competing with someone instead of complimenting them comes in. In Philippians 3, 3 through 4, it reads, For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort, though I could have confidence in my own effort if anyone could. Indeed, if others have received for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. So we're wired to think for ourselves first. It's our human nature to think of ourselves. Maybe it looks like um, in your life, maybe it looks like, oh, I just want to move up in the world. I want to I move up in my workplace. And this isn't a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to desire to you know, move up in the workspace. The important part is that you, light, you let your light shine. You let God shine through in your workplace. In the, work, in the workplace, you can be a blessing to your boss or supervisors or coworkers. You can be a blessing to people who are serving. Here at the church, we have many different opportunities to serve, okay? And I want to encourage all of you, if you are not on a serving team, just try. try. We have so many different serving teams. We have, I'm going to name them, okay? Because it takes probably at least 40 people to run, run the ship, okay? Um, Mike, back there, he's always, he's security, 
usher, grounds, coffee, greeters, kids, youth, cleaning, um, sound, and the screens too. We have so many different ways. Prayer team, there, you know, Bible studies. There's so many different ways to get involved or serve here. So my encouragement to you is if you have not gotten plugged in, do it. You know, like you hear people up here, Mark and Linda, they got involved. Linda helps with kids. She still helps with kids, even though her kids are all grown up. You guys probably have grandkids pretty soon, I'm guessing. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> That's the stage of life that they're at. But here, it's a blessing to be a part of the church. It's a blessing to serve on all of these teams. And growth comes from serving as well. Joy comes from serving. I love serving here. I love, I mean, I don't even want to say how many teams I'm, I do, but I love it. It's amazing. And the growth of it um, through that. So if you want to restore joy into a relationship, you need to get your focus off of yourself. So we've got one. The first one was selfishness, okay? Those are killjoys. The second one is resentment. When you get hurt or you don't want to forgive, or maybe you say, I can't forgive. I don't even know where to start. I've been there. Like, you don't even know how to forgive someone. <laughs> um, the alternative is isolation or building walls up. How you respond to the hurt is crucial. You have to decide if you're going to be miserable or if you're going to be joyful in hard times. Okay, so what does that look like, being joyful in hard times? Oh my gosh, us humans cannot even like fathom how to do that. Um, in Hebrews 12, 15, look after, each, look after each other so that none of you fa fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you or corrupting many's or corrupting many other people. Don't be don't let unresolved or unforgiveness poison relationships as well as yourself. When we have stuff going on like this, it saps our emotional energy. Maybe you have said this, I don't have energy for the for people right now. I don't have energy for that person. I mean, I think everyone has said that before. I don't even have energy for this. <laughs> I did not sign up for this. I say that all the time. It could even get to the point that you don't have good feelings for that person anymore. You could even go to the stage where you have no feelings at all. Maybe you're numb. And this can suck the joy right out of your life. Number three is fear. Proverbs 12, 25. An anxious heart weighs on a man down. The root of anxiety is fear or I am afraid of the outcome. Okay, this speaks to me. I am like full of anxiety and fear. <laughs> uh, and I have to repent of that so many times. So this is the representation of the relationship that we have with God. Like, do I, do I trust God? Okay, I think um, a lot of people ha have struggles with anxiety or fear of failing or whatever it, whatever it looks like in your life. Um, when you have anxiety all over, it shows your trust factor with God. Do you trust him? And this is the recipe to have no joy in your life. So we were at, um, at um, physical therapy the other day for Luke and Jake um, Stroman. 
He's our physical therapist and he knows our family pretty well. We're friends with the family. And um, he was directly speaking to me where he's like, yeah, sometimes when this kind of stuff happens, it, it brings up anxiety and fear in the family. Like what's, what's going on? What's, it's the unknown, you know, of what's going to happen. And so Luke was like, are you talking to her? You know, like, because <laughs> she's just full of anxiety right now. Because I don't, you know, when that kind of stuff happens, you don't know what's going to happen next or if he's going to be okay, if he can fly fish or sit on a boat again. Like, he's dying. <laughs> um, this is the longest that he's sat at home. And I'll tell you, our dogs love it because he's always there. They're always cuddling with him. And our English bulldog, Keiko, she is the best support um, animal that we have. She's amazing. She just lays with him all day. Um, so anyways, <laughs> so first John 4, 18, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. We have, uh, if we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. Once we allow God to love, or once you allow God to love you, you can start to trust again. Maybe you've said, I will never trust again. I will never be vulnerable again. Uh, how many people have said that? <laughs> Just give up. Uh, when you trust someone and that trust is broken, it is crushing. There's a sense of betrayal that goes so, so deep. Yeah, long time. And that is where fear creeps in. Fear can make us defensive, fear can make us distant, and fear can make us demanding. We need to find joy in our relationships, and you can choose to have a different perspective. You can choose to dwell on the things that bring you joy. A famous um, quote that Melissa Rogers always says that I think is funny is like, that did not bring me joy, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Or that job did not find me joy. <laughs> so I use that a lot too. That did not bring me joy. <laughs> God loves and he always is giving. He gives because he loves. Love produces joy. Joy comes from making other people happy and, good to, and God designed it that way. Whatever you are doing, whether it's homework, school, work, your home life, your family life, wherever you are, you can find joy in it. Human energy wears out, and that's where God comes in. We need God in our lives. Romans 5, 3 through 4, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. So choose joy even in difficulties. We can be joyful because God is with us. That's how we can do it. God is with us. We can be joyful because God will help us. He will help us in our time of need. We can be joyful because God has a plan for us. He already knows the outcome. We might not know, but he has a plan for us. So if you could, I'm going to close us in a time. And I feel like this is a good space. I mean, we are all going through something. Nobody is, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people on the phone. I'm old school. And everyone is going through something. So if you guys could just stand with me.
I want to remind everyone too that this is a safe place. This is a place where you can come for prayer and um, just be vulnerable with people. We are all here to help. We are all here to step alongside of you, whatever you're going through. It's a great space for a time of prayer and um, being accountable and um, just being able to walk alongside some people that are going through harder times. So I'm going to pray. And if anything like really stood out to you during this uh, service, I, I just want to invite you to come up for prayer. We have tons of people that, that love to pray and love to be a part of what's going on in your life. And you don't have to do this walk alone. Okay. So dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for your time of worship. We thank you for just your provision. We thank you so much for everything you've done in our lives. Lord, and I pray right now for, um, for people who have lost their joy. Lord, if they um, are just lost, they are they're in pain, or you know, even physical pain can be a burden on your body. I pray that for just joy to surround each person. God said in John 16, 24, ask and you will, will receive that your joy may be full. So God, God wants us to ask for his joy, and it only comes from the Holy Spirit. So um, I want to invite anyone who maybe you're you're trying to fight, trying to find that joy that you once had. And I want to invite you to come up and ask for prayer, for joy, for the Holy Spirit to fill you with joy, to, to just cast any um, worries, and that we can just trust God. I also want to pray for anyone who has physical, um, physical pain. And I ask that if you have physical pain in your body and you would like prayer so that you can find that joy again, I want to ask you to come down and ask for prayer. And maybe it's you just, you know, you're having a tough time. You're trying to make ends meet. You're trying to hustle. You're trying to um, just figure out, like, what is this life that I'm, you know, living right now? And you, you've lost your smile. You've lost your joy. You've lost the fruit of the Spirit that God can only give you. If that spoke to any of you, please come down and we can pray for you. We can come alongside of you. Maybe you've never even experienced a relationship with God. And you're feeling a little tug, like maybe it's time for me to just try this God thing out. Like um, Mark and Linda shared earlier too, you know, like Mark was, um, it, it just wasn't, you know, he, he, was, he was living a different life. And um, it's this church that helped him, you know, grow. So if I could ask um, anyone who can pray, and would like to pray, if you could come alongside these people and just pray for them. <laughs> 